Hello, listeners. Jordan here. I just want to let you know that you can listen to Nighttime early and ad-free on Amazon Music. Include it with Prime. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. You are listening to Keep Canada Weird, a weekly weird news roundup by The Nighttime Podcast. Hello, listeners, and welcome back to the weekly Keep Canada Weird discussion series. If you're new here, Keep Canada Weird is the venue in which my pal Handsome Aaron Airport and I seek out and explore the more offbeat Canadian news stories from the past week. In tonight's episode, which was recorded on the evening of April 2nd, 2023, Aaron and I defend ourselves against online accusations that our connection to the Canadian government adds bias to our work. And, of course, we get weird. We discuss a recent O Canada fail. We hear about the technological advancements that grandparent scammers are reaping the bounty of. We question the motive of the University of Waterloo professor who's hacked Tim Horton's roll up the rim to win campaign. And we consider the latest shot that's been fired in the animal uprising. So let's get into it. Stunning Aaron Airport. How are you on this April 2nd in 2023 day? I am very well, very well. How are you, more importantly? Uh, I'm good. I'll tell you, though, I haven't been fooled yet this year. And we're, we're recording this one day post-April Fools. Did anyone trick you? No, no tricks and okay. no treats either. Oh, I don't think you Actually, get... I did have a treat. Yes, I did have a treat. You don't really get treats on April Fool's Day, do you? No, no, but tricks... And treats. I think of you... treats when I think of tricks. So Okay. I think you're mixing up a couple different days of the year, but I, I'll move past that. Uh, okay. I was a I was attempted tricked. My youngest child woke up and ran into the room and told me that he accidentally used the bathroom in bed overnight and asked me to change his sheets. Um, oh. But he also had a huge smile on his face and was kind of <laughs> giggling as he said it. <laughs> so... Uh, yeah. And and then before I even had a chance to react, he screamed April Fools. This is at like, you know, like 640 in the morning. So, um, yeah, that was my trick. Well, that's a that's a good trick. If if the follow through had been there, uh, mm. maybe I'll try that one on you next year and I'll tell you <laughs> I wet the bed. Yeah. Did you see any like corporate tricks? Like, you know, like companies I didn't see will... anything, actually. I saw one going around that Tim Hortons was going to start selling um square shaped timbits but i immediately was like oh this is nonsense and i saw one where some random like news site reported that tim hortons uh was going to be taking coffee off their menu in 2023 obviously well you know what um that those things wouldn't surprise me though i think that's what makes them actually good tricks because mm. um tim hortons at this point in time could do anything with their menu because they've been that erratic over the past number of years. Uh, I was tricked pretty bad two years ago, three years ago, maybe. And it was one of the tricks, like it carried on 
for months after before I realized it wasn't true. I uh, someone had reported that uh, Disney had purchased the rights to build like a Canadian version of Disney World on uh, the Toronto Island, like where you know they have the airport on the island in downtown Toronto. Mm -hmm. It was yep. announced that they were that Disney was building like a Canadian Disney World there, and it looked very official. I read through the article, not realizing it was April first. I talked about it for months, and I even thought like you know as soon as they open, I'm going to go to that one instead of Florida. And uh, then I mentioned that to someone, and they're like, "That's not true," and I'm like, "It's absolutely true." Like I'll show you some articles about it. And then I realized they were all printed on April 1st. It was never mentioned again. And for months mm -hmm. I was in spreading lies and gossip. Wow. Humiliated. Yeah. Um, anyway, we got to get to the topic at hand, which is keeping Canada weird. But first, we have yet another controversy to address. This one does not oh. include you. It does not include hate mail. It Well, no, I wouldn't say hate mail, but let's say it includes concerned listener mail uh, last okay. week we all but announced or leaked however you want to put it our connection to the canadian government and the government behind the government we've shared that we are working in collaboration with the canadian government to fulfill a mandate to keep canada weird we announced that we have a sort of secret bureau some people call it the kcw bureau and it's akin to the x-files except rather than paranormal research it is simply highlighting the weird and unusual yeah, um, and it's a completely secret uh division of yeah. the government so uh, we're only telling our listeners that we're not telling anybody else so our listeners are in on it we were letting them know but but they've promised us to keep it secret as well. So don't tell a soul. And that's mm -hmm. why, you know, a lot of people, I think, were watching the recent announcement that uh, they did the 2023 or whatever budget the Trudeau announced, you know, where money is going to be spent. I think some people were surprised to not hear anything about us, but you won't hear us from, about us from official sources no, like that. When you look at the budget line, it says miscellaneous. That's us. A lot of that is us. Um, but here's where the controversy comes in. I heard from a listener on my Facebook page that uh, I think they maybe felt a little, I don't know, lied to. Um, and I think they saw Nighttime and Keep Canada Weird as like an independent, transparent media source. They read or heard on the episode that we talked about a connection to the Canadian government. And I think they just, I don't know, maybe they felt a little lied to about the nature of the show. Do you want to address that? So in terms of our relationship and connection to the federal government, um, there's no better way to change the government than from within. Mm -hmm. So don't tell Trudeau that I said that and don't tell anybody else that we're part of the government. Don't repeat anything you hear on this show to anyone. Mm -hmm. Yeah, good advice. All right. Well, that's behind us. Let's move on. We are going to be keeping Canada weird tonight and every time we do these episodes. We're going to do it with a collection of stories that I call Tim Hortons Hacked, O Canada Fails, The Grandparents Scam Goes High Tech, and An Owl. But before we choose which story to begin with, we have two, uh, two pieces of voicemail that I want to get into. Okay. Uh, the first one is in response to our last episode. We talked about the speeder from America in Canada, whose excuse was that he mixed up kilometers an hour, miles per hour. We have an American listener who wants to give a bit of insight on what may have happened. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, so this is about the American driver in Canada. 
So down here in America, when the speed limit is posted, let's say 60 miles an hour, but we go 70 and know that we're not going to get pulled over. Like they, cops just aren't going to pull you over for 10 over. So the whole excuse and, and, you know, 82 kilometers or 142 kilometers being 90 miles an hour, that's actually, that kind of sounds realistic. Now the guy passing everybody, yeah, that's kind of odd, but still, I, I could see that being real. I think that's the end. I don't know. <laughs> and then he just tried to, he just gets lost. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. He's he's doing pretty much 70 over right now. So I'm yeah, I'm pretty sure that's the guy that was anonymous as well. So I'm pretty sure that was the guy that was speeding, giving us a bit of insight. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We, the 10 kilometer over thing, you know, I want to talk about that. That's everywhere. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's not just an American thing, that's a Canadian thing too. Mm -hmm. So most people uh, around here and most people drivers that I know go at least 10 to 15 kilometers above the speed limit and it's kind of an unwritten rule that you're not going to get pulled over going you know 10 or so above because you know what your car is reading as what how much you're traveling per hour uh, is always going to vary slightly from what a radar would would register you going as so there is a, a buffer zone there of um you know roughly five to ten kilometers yeah. so I, I think what he the point he's making there though is that if you recall in our original discussion last week the police officer said um you know even if uh you converted his speed to miles he was still going over you know whatever the speed limit would have been or you know mm -hmm. something like that but what this guy was saying in the voicemail was if you account for the fact that most people drive you know five or ten miles an hour over the speed limit this fella wasn't speeding tremendously so maybe there is some validity to that excuse well there's no validity because if you compare how fast this person was going compared to everybody else on the road that day that's the yeah that's there, the issue no and 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 the the officer in question was just making kind of more of a silly point of like mm -hmm. yeah sure okay well even if you make that argument you're still technically speeding yeah so yeah. i think that the cop wasn't overly i don't think overly serious about the 10 kilometers per hour they were more just saying okay i'll play your game for just a second i converted it you're still speeding so gotcha twice this. yeah you're you're busted no matter which way you slice it um so yeah, everybody, most people go five to 10 kilometers over the speed limit. A lot of people go 15. Um, you know, that that's everywhere. Uh, mm -hmm. But yeah, you know that you are going tremendously faster than everybody else on the road. There's no excuse. This sounds like another speedster trying to cover for yeah. another speed. If I had the hammer and the gavel, guilty. Ah, um, double guilty, as we determined. Uh the next voice memo is going to mix into one of our stories. So let's start the, sh the show with a little discussion around Tim Hortons, both in terms of listener feedback and the first story. You want to get into Tim's right off the bat? Well, we already kind of have a bit, so we're going to get deeper into it. Mm -hmm.
Here's a voicemail uh, from one of our favorite callers. This is Kitty in the UK. She's been keeping us abreast of whole, uh, whole sorts of things from the unique perspective of, what would you call someone from the UK? A UKer? A Brit. A Brit. Um, giving perspective on the issues we talk about. Turns out she, in hearing our discussions, she sees the risk of having Tim Hortons invading her country. So she's giving us an update on what Tim's is up to over there. Here's what Kitty has to say about it. Hi, John and Aaron. Just a little bit of Tim Hortons news over from the UK. Um, lots of messages this week coming up on my news feed saying there are two or even three new Tim Hortons being opened in Liverpool. I can just imagine the iconic Penny Lane sign with a Tim Hortons coffee cup sat on the top. Not great news there. And also Timbits have been mentioned. It sounds like something I would feed my dog. I wouldn't put your dog through that. Keep Canada weird. Cheers, guys. Uh, A lot of people do feed their dogs Timbits. Like when you go through the drive-thru, if you got a dog in your car, you can roll down like the back window and the dog will stick its head out and they'll the Tim's worker will give your dog a plain donut. Well, that's, um, uh, they shouldn't do that. That's not good for the dogs. No, it definitely isn't. But I think uh, in Kitty's message, the the part that uh, resonated with me the most was this idea of the con- the iconic scene of, of uh, is it Abbey Road or whatever, where the Beatles, you know, that photo yeah, of them crossing yeah, the sidewalk. Yeah. I'm just picturing just a couple people crossing that with Tim Horton's cups. If anyone's in that area and can capture a picture of someone with a Tim Horton's cup walking across that iconic uh, crosswalk from the Abbey Road cover, I would love to see that. Mm-hmm. That would be a, a tragedy, but it's likely will happen at some day. Unless the person in our next story gets our way, gets their way. Okay. Before yeah. we talk about the university professor single-handedly taking down Tim Hortons. Well, not single-handedly. He's working with He's us. He's working wh- with us. Yeah. Whether he knows it or not or agrees to it or not. Mm-hmm. Before we move on to what this fella's doing, anything you want to say to Kitty or about Kitty's uh, voice memo? I just want to send my condolences to the aesthetic of your country and your cities now that the infestation has begun and is taking hold. Uh, the egregious product of Tim Hortons is making its way deeper into your country. And I apologize on behalf of all Canadians and the Canadian government now as well. Yeah. All right. Well, as I said, if the, the person in the middle of the next story we're going to talk about has their way, Tim Hortons may have a harder time extending their infestation to the UK and to any other country, which Uh, people within maybe listening to this. So here's the story of the university professor who's hacked Tim Hortons. It's roll-up season at Tim Hortons and for one stats professor at the University of Waterloo, that means it's game time. For the last three years, Michael Wallace has taken unique joy in using data and strategy to beat the game and win at an incredible rate. Jeff Pickle tells us why he's back at it again. For most of us who play roll up to win, the winning happens every once in a while. Probably every four or five, I'll win a coffee or a donut. Maybe one in three, one in three or four. I haven't really won. For Michael Wallace, it's a different story. When I played the roles at the best time, I won almost 80% of the time. A biostatistician, it's fair to say Wallace really enjoys numbers. His interest in roll-up started in 2020 when the contest moved from a cup 
to online. That opened up a lot more interesting avenues, thinking about how the contest was designed and how you as a player might be able to take advantage of it. In 2020, Wallace says he studied the rules and worked out a theory. Bought a bunch of coffees, got a bunch of rolls, saved them all up, played them at the very end of the contest, uh, and I managed to win about 98% of the time. After his near unbeaten streak in 2020, Wallace says Tim's changed. And in 2021, Wallace was thoroughly defeated. In 2022, Wallace fought back and won at a 40% rate. This year, Wallace refined his strategy yet again. They started posting the number of prizes that people were winning as the contest went along. And by recording these data, I was able to plot and figure out an equation that told me when was the best time to play. And when Wallace's theory is simple, play when others are not. But rather than just guess a time, Wallace is able to pinpoint the exact right minute to play. The best time was 3.16 a.m. and the worst time was 11.46 a.m. When I played at the best possible time, I won uh, almost uh, five times out of six. And when I played at the worst time, uh, I won only one time out of six. Throughout Wallace's roll-up adventures, he's never won more than coffee and donuts. And while it may appear this is the work of a man driven by the pursuit of caffeine and sugar, as a professor at UW, his work has some academic purpose as well. So I knew that even if my strategy didn't quite pay off, I'd at the very least get a good story out of it to show my students, try and get them interested in statistics. As for Tim Hortons, in years past, they seem to not mind Wallace and his dogged pursuit of beating their beloved game, an attitude Wallace hopes will continue. At the same time, though, I am always a little bit worried that I'm going to get a letter banning me from my local Tim's. <laughs> First thing I noticed, I didn't put this together until right now, hearing what Kitty said about Tim Hortons extending their reach into England and mm -hmm. the United Kingdom. I just, as I was listening, I noticed uh, Professor Wallace's accent. So yeah. I looked up his bio as that, as that was playing, and he's actually from the UK. So could this be him working for his government covertly? just like we are um i i question this man really i think it's a really intelligent what he's done so why do you oh, question? I, hey no don't i'm not i'm not taking away the merit of what he's accomplished but he seems to like tim hortons i don't think he's trying to take them down i don't think he's i don't think his motivations align with ours very much so you think he's just drinking coffee all the time well, at the very end of the it. story, he says, I'm worried about getting a letter banning me from my local Tim Hortons. Mm. Well, yeah, maybe because he likes it or maybe because that will prevent him from continuing his work. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I would need to hear more from this okay, man. Well, like he's 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 consuming a lot of product in order to get this done. Uh, yeah, he could be. Um, maybe we need to talk to this guy because my think thought we need to yeah my thought is he may not be consuming it he may just be buying them like crazy so he gets as many rolls as possible within the app so he can like for his statistics to uh hold any merit you, you need you know he, he can't just have five rolls a day he needs a lot of them to actually track this so in in layman's but here's term, the thing yeah. I, I just realized that he's shed all the light on what he's been up to to the entire world now mm -hmm. so his formulas that are basing that are that are basically saying here's the 
opportune times to to play the game you know three o'clock in the morning you know etc so now uh, now thousands of people are gonna be aware of this strategy and they're going to move to those times so it's going to skew all of his current work Uh. and then he'll have to then you know reassess what what become the new opportune times because that could now be spread out thinly throughout the entire 24 hours so his that's whole, a good point yeah but how many people um realistically though how many people are going to follow his lead because here just to put it in layman's terms and for people who haven't used the tim hortons app or played the game of roll up to to win which is the new digital version of when you actually rolled up your rim so the way this works when you buy a coffee in the app you get like a roll added to the app and when you open the app and click the roll it you know, reveals a prize or tells you to try again. And that's when you actually play the game. So his theory is that if you complete the role at certain times of day, you're more likely to win. And I think it's more than a theory because as you hear in the article, if he's rolling, like actually redeeming the role at, I think he said 3.16 in the morning, 3.16 a.m., he's winning five out of six times. But if he does it at 11 in the morning, he's winning one out of six times. So... I think um, he's definitely onto something. He's got the right, like he's, yeah, he's figured he it does. out. But, but his motivations are strictly statistical. He's okay. he's a professor, mm-hmm. and he wants his his uh, students to get kind of see the value of of stats and okay where and we what you want can do with it. Yeah, yeah. Where we're out to see Tim Hortons go out of business and fail. Yeah. And so apologize. I think he's a. I think he is a blind follower of Tim Hortons, mm. and he's simply using this strategy and 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 kind of. Uh, showing the holes in the in the in the Tim Hortons contest that mm. just purely out of the joy of statistics yeah. and 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 to engage his students uh which is which is great but at the same time it's not it's not helping our cause unless he wants to see Tim Hortons go down as well yeah i guess you got a good point so I think uh, we should probably meet this guy. I'm going to reach out to him and see if he wants to share any of this with us. And we can figure out yeah. where we stand with each other. We may have to. He he may. Uh, I mean, he may turn into an enemy. He might be one now. I don't know. Okay. Well, we got to think about this. Let's move on to the next story. This also involves technology being used in interesting ways. Uh, And it also harkens back to a story we covered in the past. So we talked a lot about the grandparents scam, which is maybe you explain it because I know you're uh, very deep into scams. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Well, anyway, you'll know when you get scammed by me how deep I am into scams. But yeah, so basically uh, fraudsters are targeting elderly people, you know, around the world, specifically Canada that we're talking about. And a lot of times they're pretending to be relatives and and relatives, uh, you know, in trouble so that they're able to over the phone, you know, say, hey, I'm in, you know, I'm in trouble. I need money. And then these these grandmothers or, or, you know, aunts and uncles, whatever they are, uh, then hand money over thinking that it's for their relative when it's actually a fraudster. And, and there's a number of different scams that they're doing to do this. We're going to talk about a specific one tonight, but yeah. Mm. So this whole idea of the grandparents scam, generally it's, 
or at least believed to be someone on a phone saying like, you know, grandma, it's me, your grandson. I, you know, I really need some money and I need some help. Um, it sounds like the people behind the grandparents scam have just saw an opportunity in AI, artificial intelligence to up their game. And uh, a grandparent in Newfoundland fell victim to this new high tech version of the grandparents scam. Here's what's going on. A family in Newfoundland that lost nearly $10,000 in a phone scam is warning others to be on alert. Police suspect they fell victim to fraudsters, fraudsters who target elderly people using artificial intelligence. CBC's Mark Quinn is in St. John's with those details. It's really a horrible story. Uh, this is a, a group of a uh, network of people who are taking advantage of people's kindness and they're really targeting elderly people. And I spoke with uh, Donna Leto, who's a, a woman who lives here in St. John's. And what happened with her was she got a call in December from someone who said they were her son. She believed they were her son. She said they sounded like her son. They said they'd been in a car accident and they were charged with texting while da and da dangerous driving and they were in jail and they said they needed money for bail and they put a lawyer on the phone, a person who they said was a lawyer, and that lawyer said that the family should uh, raise $9,800 in cash and bring it to the front door where someone would pick it up. And they did because they believed they were helping their son and they lost almost $10,000 that way. They're using an artificial intelligence uh, program online where all you need is a small portion of someone's voice. You feed it in and it can replicate a voice. Uh, it can make, make a clone essentially of that voice, which is very convincing. And I asked Donna, uh, Donna Leto about that, uh, if the voice sounded like her son. And she said yes. And here's what she told us. Very convincing. I mean, I thought for sure it was sterile. I mean, I quickly looked at the... Uh, the the receiver, when the call came in, I thought it was his number, but uh, like it was a quick glance now. And uh, when I heard his voice, I thought for sure it was Daryl. A little bit of a difference, but just like he might have had a bit of a cold, and that's what I asked him. Right, and what's fascinating is that she said that she actually asked a question, so it wasn't a recording, it was a voice that could respond in real time, and she asked uh, if he had a cold perhaps, and he said, I, I have a cold, but it's not COVID, uh, and then he went on. But uh, it's frightening to think how it could be applied, um, and it has been used apparently across the country, targeting many seniors, and police are doing an investigation here of a number of cases. A man has been arrested, uh, he's been charged with uh, 30 charges, including fraud and extortion, and that's working its way through the court's Unfortunately, there doesn't seem to be anyone uh, who's been arrested in connection with the Leto's case, um, and they have lost the money, essentially. So the high-tech upgrade is, it, it's believed that they're using artificial intelligence to clone someone's voice, which mm -hmm. you've probably seen stuff like this happen um, on the internet. Like I've seen, there's things where you can put in text and it will read the text like in Snoop Dogg's or Trump's voice or something like that. Yeah. But in order to set that up, you need a sample of the person's voice. So when I heard this story, I thought of myself, like there was so much audio hours and hours and hours of me talking online. Someone mm -hmm. could take that and probably have a very good AI version, uh, of me talking and trick my grandmother. Um, did I just give anyone? Idea? Hopefully I don't give people ideas, but it seems well, like that's what has happened to this person. It's also going to become the ultimate excuse. It's like, well, I heard you saying this and, and you were saying that about whatever you get caught doing. And you'd be like, no, it's just an AI program. <laughs> that's not, it's not me. <laughs> yeah. Um, I guess you're right. But the, just the, you see in the news a lot, this AI stuff, be it, 
artificial intelligence um, making, you know, you upload your image and it draws like a cartoon version and then cartoonists are, you know, unhappy about it, um, stealing their work. There's AI writing short scripts and, you know, people can write books using AI or articles using AI. Now we have AI actually cloning people's voices. Like all of this is happening mm -hmm. so fast. You've seen the movie Blade Runner, I'm sure. It, it just right. seems like overnight we're like actually in Blade Runner. Yeah, it's it's really spiraling fast. And, you know, at first, when, as kind of chat GPT or whatever was kind of just kind of popping up and people were using it to do their homework and and it was cute. But now it feels like this is moving faster than we can move with it. And, and people are the consequences of that. Yeah. And people are finding like interesting ways or not interesting ways but just powerful and kind of uh complicated ways to use it well, i um, just don't know who to believe like when something ever happens to you now you're gonna have to wonder is this ai based scam like what what's happening i don't believe you know my father calls me his house is on fire i'm like yeah right ai bot and i hang up the phone on him you know <laughs> like, um yeah, don't do that. But so I, I fall for the scam. Then you're saying, you know, well, I'm but having is it to a... send my 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 fake father twenty thousand dollars for water to put his fire out. I don't know. Things were so much simpler when scams were just like uh, you got a virus on your computer and I need to help you get it off. So send me, you know, your credit card and I'll fix your computer. You know, these sorts of things. Now mm -hmm. it's you know your grandson is actually talking and AI and oh yeah yeah this world's too complicated by the time we're old and being tricked it's going to be very complicated um well just don't answer the phone yeah ever. that's that's pretty good advice and i don't um mm -hmm. yeah i also don't check my voicemails my mom goes crazy about it cuz she leaves me <laughs> one every time she calls it yeah says, yeah uh before we cut to a commercial break here i want to uh, just tell you uh one practical use of AI so people can get a sense of what it does. I opened ChatGPT, which is an artificial intelligence program that uses text. So you can ask it to do things and it'll spit out text for you uh, in a quite convincing and often in surprisingly intelligent way. We've used it on the show before. I um, I need to make a new like trailer or promo for the Keep Canada Weird series. So just as a test, I wrote to ChatGPT. I said, I asked it to write a promotional trailer for a podcast called Keep Canada Weird that covers weird and offbeat Canadian news stories. And here's what it said. It says, upbeat music begins to play as the screen fades in from black. The, narr the narrator in an enthusiastic voice says, are you tired of the same old news stories? Do you want to dive deep into something weird and offbeat? Then you need to check out Keep Canada Weird, the podcast that brings you the strangest news stories from across the great white north. And then it goes to explain, as the narrator speaks, footage of strange occurrences across Canada play on a screen. A giant roadside statue of a beaver, a group of people dressed in animal costumes dancing in a park, and a store that sells only maple syrup. The narrator says, hosted by two intrepid Canadians, this podcast will take you on a journey through the weirdest corners of Canada. From small towns to big cities, no story is too weird for Keep Canada Weird. As the narrator speaks, footage of the hosts interviewing people and exploring different locations plays on the screen. The narrator says, every episode you'll hear about bizarre events, strange happenings, and unusual traditions that make Canada the unique and wonderful place it is. 
You'll meet fascinating people who are keeping the spirit of weird alive, and you'll learn about the history and culture that make Canada so unique. As the narrator speaks, footage of interviews with locals and shots of historic landmarks play. The narrator says, if you're ready to embrace the weirdness, tune in to keep Canada weird. You won't be disappointed. And as the narrator finishes speaking, the screen fades to black and music fades out. Wow. And it did that. I just, Mm -hmm. I wrote it, hit enter, and that just popped up immediately. And I was like, damn it. Like, that's probably better than I would have come up with. Yeah, no, it was very good. Yeah, it's that's a lot better than some of the earlier things that I've seen from ChatGPT and and any of the other kind of uh, AI programs. But yeah, it's interesting. I mean, it's it's producing uh, great work, and it, none of us are going to have jobs, especially people who like I think they're called copywriters, like people who would write like short ads and kind of like mm-hmm. promotional stuff. Like that was that was so easy how that came out, and I could. Uh, take that and just tweak it slightly and yeah it'd be like a usable yeah trailer um but let's get on to it we got something i'm really excited about aaron um you have a musical background you understand key and um singing in key and okay <laughs> Other things related to singing? Sure, yeah. Have you ever had to do the national anthem, Oh Canada? Uh, thankfully, no. No, I haven't. It's not an easy song to sing. No, but it's so iconic that you know it so well that if, if someone sings it and messes it up, it just stands out like a sore thumb, Absolutely, right? Absolutely. Yeah. If you make even one mistake. And uh, that, that idea will be uh, highlighted by this next story. So th- this is a story uh, concerning... Um, a performance of O Canada at the beginning of a hockey game. It was a hockey game in Florida this past Thursday night. It was the Toronto Maple Leafs versus whatever the Florida team is. Uh, a singer named Ryan Michael James sang both the American and the Canadian anthems. Uh, he has become a viral sensation as a result of his performance. So let's listen in on how Ryan James sang the Canadian anthem. Then we'll talk about what may have went wrong. Or in the case of our show, what may have went right. Mm-hmm. Love strong and free from far and wide, oh Canada, we stand on guard for thee. God keep our land glorious and free. That was pretty bad. <laughs> oh, it was painful. He was out of key at points. 
completely yeah. forgot the word at words at points the rhythm well, and cadence of it all was off yeah from what i understand he was asked last minute to do this wasn't he yeah uh when you kind of learn the story behind what happened mm -hmm. it kind of puts it in perspective but I, I just wanted to react to his performance first but he spoke to like he went viral for this people were com online complaining online commenters didn't like what he did i guess um but they don't seem to like much but anyway no, he no. he That's was on That's for yeah he was on a radio station 92.5's Roz and mocha show and what he explained was that he was actually a last minute replacement only found out he was singing like minutes before he went on stage uh two hours before i shouldn't say minutes two hours before so he he didn't know oh canada so he had two hours to learn the song um and he was he was practicing it like kind of backstage at the rink and uh singing along with a recording of it but when he agreed to do it he told he was told that there would be a teleprompter and he could sing along with the teleprompter uh, but when he actually got on the ice in front of I, i'm assuming probably ten thousand people or something there was no teleprompter so he had to just go for it and hope that mm -hmm. the audience singing along was able to carry him through and it didn't no and, and wasn't he told um or maybe i'm confusing this with another story wasn't he told that he was going to have a backing track as well no that's the next one we're gonna that's get the next one okay yeah okay <laughs> um yeah i mean two hours i mean no teleprompter i'm i think considering all that he did very well i think he did fine if if someone gave me two hours to learn a song he he kind of got the essence of the song right it's just yeah he was in the ballpark and then he yeah. was like blanking in spots and then the you know the melody was going off here and there and mm -hmm. but for someone yeah two hours i mean he went out there and he did it like he could have just walked off and said forget this like, yeah you know. oh absolutely like to do it and to do it acapella like alone without a backing mm -hmm. track is a lot different than singing along with other people or with music that can guide you through where the uh, changes in the melody and stuff happen um yeah. But in his case, yeah, that was that's sad. But I, I think uh, like sad in terms of like embarrassment, like that would suck yeah. to have that happen to you. On and that I mean, we're so familiar with O Canada that, you know, we know it note for note. So when you're hearing someone try and sing it and they don't know the song and they just learned it and they're trying to get through it, the mistakes are so obvious to us. But uh, and it's and it's hard to watch. It's hard to listen to. But mm -hmm. I, I commend the man. Good, yeah. good for him. I just think like if it was me, I would have maybe wanted to, unless I was 100% confident I could nail it, I'd maybe want to prep the audience and say like, yeah, I'm going to yeah. need you all to sing along with me really loud and help me, you know. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I'm surprised put it you out didn't there. do that. That would have been a good way to approach it. Mm -hmm. And then it also gives you the pass when you inevitably mess up. What I would have rather see is as he started to mess up for him to just drop the mic and run. <laughs> and slip on the ice because there's and lots of slip on the ice and knock himself out yeah because this uh set me off on a bit of a <laughs> journey through the internet watching videos of people failing at singing oh canada there were several people falling on the ice people flubbing the words um yeah, it was all sorts of ones but my favorite oh canada fail i'm going to share it with you uh, this is also uh someone it, it being sung in the united states i'll read you a little bit of the background and then we'll listen to dennis casey Parks take on O Canada. I'll read you a short article here. It has brought Dennis Casey Park plenty of fame and notoriety. 
Park botching O Canada before a Las Vegas Posse's first CFL home game on July 16th of 94. Now they're quoting him. I'd just returned the day before from Japan where I'd been performing for months. I got a call initially to sing the anthem and assumed it was the Star Spangled Banner. I was really tired and ended up saying yes. And they called back a full a few hours later. And that's when I realized it was going to be O Canada. And I said, you guys know I'm not familiar with O Canada. I've heard it before, but I've never sung it. And they said, oh, well, you agreed and we already put you in the press uh, that, you know, you'll be singing it. Can you do it? Will you do it? Please do it. <laughs> Undeterred, Park uh, agreed, received a tape of the music and the words and got down to work. Here's the result. <laughs> mm. Oh, I should also add, this is the one where uh, a part of the agreement was that there would be um, background music. Yeah, and yeah, he could sing along to. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Here we go. Okay. Oh, Canada, our home and native land, true patriot love, in all thy sons' command, with growing hearts we see thee rise, the true and strong and free <laughs> from far and wide oh canada we stand on guard for thee <laughs> from far and wide oh canada we stand on guard for thee. God keep our land glorious and free. <laughs> oh, Canada, we stand on guard for thee. There's something about like completely flubbing it, but still like nailing the vibrato. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like on the wrong note. <laughs> What's funny when you listen to the first one that we covered, he's in the ballpark. Yeah. Like he's, you know, he veers off a little bit, but he's generally has the melodies, you know, mostly maybe 70% down. Mm -hmm. This guy gets so far off track. That it just becomes a whole new song. And, so, and then it, it gets to the point where it's like, he's not even trying to capture the melody anymore. <laughs> he's just like, I'm just going to get through this so I can get in my car and get the hell out of here. <laughs> uh, at points, I thought he was kind of emulating the Star Spangled Banner, but with the words to the O Canada, it, it, it was a, a weird kind of fusion. And whatever mm -hmm. that note was he hit at the end, it was just a bum note. And he held it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he just held it because he could hear people booing. And then he's just holding it. And he's like, I'm just going to hold this as long as I can to try and see if they'll at least be impressed with how long I can hold this note. I was impressed with that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he went so far off track. It was great. Yeah, as he was doing it, like he looks confident when you see him. But as he was doing it, he knew he was failing and flubbing it. He actually said in an interview that 
what was going through his head was should I stop and apologize and start over or just keep going so I think he may have been having like a meltdown on the inside but he was just stuck to it I wonder he yeah, was on autopilot yeah. just singing notes yeah <laughs> um, oh wow that was something but we got something else to talk to uh, talk about Mm -hmm. And this may be even darker than flubbing the national anthem in front of thousands of hockey or football fans. Hello, listeners. Sorry to pull you out of the episode like this, but I want to take a moment and remind you of the benefits of a nighttime premium feed subscription. First of all, I release the episodes ad-free and two days early on the premium feed, which gives you the show quicker and a lot less painfully. Secondly, I maintain a full back catalog of nighttime episodes and countless hours of bonus content only on the premium feed, so to give you more of the show than any sane person would probably even want to listen to. And the third thing, premium feed subscribers who do so annually get a discounted rate and receive a free swag pack by mail. Who doesn't love mail? And lastly, but hopefully most importantly, the premium feed will fund the creation of the show. My mics, my laptop, the little lights on my desk, it's all paid for by the combined efforts of the Premium Feed subscribers. So if any of this sounds good to you, for about the price of a cup of coffee, you can go premium right now at patreon.com slash nighttimepodcast. I want to thank you for considering it. Now, let's get back to the episode. We talk a lot about something that's been going on in Canada. We call it the animal resistance, the rise of the animals. Yeah, the uprising. The uprising of the animals. Uh, we continue to receive stories from people all across Canada who are sharing these instances with us that don't make the mainstream media often. So I think if it wasn't for the listeners of Keep Canada Weird getting as hip to what's going on, we would probably largely be in the dark as well. Yeah. But as the sort of like a focal point where these weird stories are passing over us, I think to, to us, it's so obvious what's going on. So I'm going to tell you, a actually, let's listen to the story. And yeah, then we'll get into yeah. What's going let's on. get our heads around it first. Yeah, here's what's going on. In Ontario. Got a story about the real life version of Angry Birds. An aggressive great horned owl shut down part of provincial Killarney Provincial Park south of Sudbury. It's supposed to open tomorrow, uh, pending no new owl sightings or attacks. But Ontario Park says at the beginning of the month, an owl started acting aggressively at night, attacked some visitors. Four people had to go to hospital. Two others had minor injuries. The CBC's Martha Dillman spoke with Mark Geron. He's a nature enthusiast based in Timmins. Well, I, I've heard about it before, and it's, it's, it's a little bit uncommon, but uh, it, it does happen. So we get the basics of it there, but ultimately what's happened or has been happening, and I'll, I'll give you a kind of an update on this, but a belligerent owl at the park has been ruffling feathers. It was, it's described as a raptor. I don't know if that's a type of an owl, but it says mm -hmm. the raptor terrorized multiple park video, uh, visitors, forcing the park to shut down for over a week. Officials announced that an owl in Killarney Provincial Park is currently acting aggressive and has attacked several visitors. That was in a post they made on March 16th. Uh, it turns out what it was was uh, six people were attacked separately, four of them sent to a hospital. And the way this owl was attacking is, is described as dive bombing, basically flying straight down, 
feet first or beak first, I guess feet first, and just smacking the people on the head, you know, in some cases, like cutting their scalps open. So it's pretty vicious attacks. But th this story, this is a, a couple weeks back that this was going on. I've been kind of trying to get an update on it. And I learned that as of March 24th, the park has reopened. In the announcement where they announce it being reopened, they just simply say the owl appears to have left the area. So maybe it's just that easy. The the guy just the owl just left after attacking a bunch of people. He's gone to report his findings to the governing body of the animal uprising. So this owl has attacked a few humans, uh, tried a kind of a, a diving method. And now the owl is gone back to to the other animals to say, hey, it worked. you know, this is what happened. It worked. They were scared of me. I hurt them. And I think I can get away with more. Uh, here's this kind of a scary quote from uh, one of the victims. One man sustained wounds on his scalp during a late night surprise attack. Uh, and here's how he's quoted. It happened just before midnight. They're silent killers. There was no sound at all. Just a thump on the top of my head that felt like I was hit by a sharp sledgehammer. A sharp sledgehammer. So what part of the owl, if the owl is coming down head first, what part is sharp? Or is he coming down with the talons first? first? Feet, feet first. That's how I originally imagined it. But then it was saying like, when they were saying like it was like dive bombing or whatever. I, I, yeah, I don't know I think, why in my mind I pictured it coming down head first. But. Yeah, I think they can kind of bend in such a way that their faces are forward, but their bodies but then their twisted. So up. they have yeah, yeah. Because those talons, uh, they're nasty. Yeah. You know, well, that's um, that's how owls hunt and kill. Like you know, and I think a big enough owl could probably take a small cat. Oh yeah, well I think a big enough owl could take out a human as as is uh, touched upon in the Staircase uh, documentary oh, yes. and TV show. We've talked about this on yeah. the show before. Um, and that's one of the main theories is that an owl uh, actually got to her. Hmm. And that's how she got all sliced up. Well, yeah. And without falling down the stairs, but let's just say in a field where there's like, I don't know, a couple trees, because owls are probably up in a tree shooting down at you. If you couldn't get away quick and then Al took like three or four swipes down at you, mm -hmm. he could take you out pretty easy. Or imagine if there's five owls working together, although I don't think they like hunt in packs, so to speak. No. And I they think could it be could have been, you know, if it's not part of the uprising, it could just be simply um, maybe protecting its nest and just kind of thinking the humans are are a threat to its eggs. I don't know. But if that was the case, I don't think it'd leave. Probably not. But it leaving tells me that this is like something akin to like vandalism. Well, we don't know if it's left for sure. That's just a theory, isn't it? Well, enough that they reopened the park. That's right. That's right. Which they'll soon regress when the mm -hmm. owl attacks again. Yeah. That sounds like the beginning of like a 70s horror movie. Yeah. Not the birds, like owls. Well, they would just call it owl. Yeah. You know, it's like it's called owl. like the town of Killarney or wherever this is they're like we need the money we need the tourism money on our passes to come mm -hmm. into the park like we got to reopen there hasn't been an attack in a week mayor let us reopen he's like all right well the I mayor guess. never wanted to close the park to begin with if you yeah, take the, the jaws approach to it the scientists made him yeah yeah her. so basically you know the park rangers are going to the mayor like we got to close the park he's like not during park season 
<laughs> we'll lose our shirts. Yeah. And now they reopened it and it's just a matter of time. It's going to be a bloodbath in Killarney. Oh, and the mayor, what's he going to do? Yeah, he's going to he's going to lose his job. He's going to mm-hmm. he's, he's he's not going to be the mayor anymore because, mm-hmm. yeah, he reopened the parks before the owls were gone. Mm-hmm. So, um, you heard it here first. Yeah, there'll be many sequels to this story. Owl one, owl two, owl three, owl, owl four, yeah. owl five, the revenge, you know, that'll be the whole. And owl takes Manhattan. Yeah, yeah. Owl versus Freddy versus Jason. <laughs> um, all right. Well, I think uh, I think we did it here. What was your mm. uh, of the stories we went through? What was your favorite? My favorite story. I like the stats story of Tim Hortons, even though I think this guy, this professor is pro Tim Hortons. I think the reason he's doing this is because uh, he blindly consumes a product like like a good Canadian should. I'm using air quotes, you know, like. Mm. Could it be that he works for Tim Hortons and they identified this kind of flaw in their um, their roll up to win campaign? And what they're trying to do is encourage more people to cash in at night so it spreads the prizes so evenly and doesn't give anyone an advantage. And by him going public like this, is their plan to do that? That could be it. Who we, uh, we don't could know. be it. Yeah, we don't know. We've got to talk to him. We've got to we've really got to get him on the show and really have him explain his motivations to us and, mm. and like in an interview. Like an interview, yeah. We need to find an investigative journalist. Or an interview. Yeah, okay. We're going to have to figure it out. If anyone knows where Waterloo is and, and how you could send an email there, let us know and we'll try to contact them. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, Aaron, I think we've done enough. Let's wrap this up. Anything you want to say before we do so? Again, I just want to thank the Canadian government uh, for this opportunity to keep Canada weird. Our offices are are deep within the, the cavernous labyrinth uh type layer of the canadian government we're deep Below down parliament. underground no nuclear bombs can get at us as we do our work um again i'm excited to to keep canada weird for the government by the government with the government for the rest of my life mm-hmm. all right good well aaron until next time jordan until next time uh look out above and look out right in front of you because owls could be anywhere. I want to thank you for helping Aaron and I keep Canada weird, but let us also call out to you for even greater support in this mission. If something weird happens in your neck of the woods, please let us know. We'd like to include it in our upcoming episodes. And the best way to let us know of something is by sending a voice memo at nighttimepodcast.com contact. We both hope to hear from you. Now, before we part, let me end with some thanks. First, a big thanks to Aaron for sharing another evening with me and with you, the listeners at nighttime. A shout out to the internet's favorite cult leader, Unicole, who provides this series intro and outro voiceovers. And lastly, but most importantly, a massive thank you to everyone listening to nighttime, as without your interest and your support, this show would be as pointless as it would be impossible. And on the topic of support, let me thank the newest subscribers of the premium feed, Maggie, Naomi, and Rosemary. Thank you for going premium. 
And for anyone else out there who'd like to support the show but can't do it by way of a premium feed subscription, you can give us a huge hand by simply sharing these episodes on social media and letting like-minded friends know about the great work we've been doing here. If you have any story ideas, if you want to give feedback on the show, or if you'd like to contribute a voice memo to be aired and responded to in an upcoming episode, you can do all that and more at nighttimepodcast.com slash contact. We hope to hear from you. But until then, take care of each other, hug your loved ones tight, and let us know if you see anything weird. The Nighttime Podcast is written, hosted, and produced by Jordan Bonaparte. Copyright Jordan Bonaparte.